don't be afraid. Lock the doors. Turn out the lights. And climb into bed. It's time for Hillbilly Dead Time Stories. In the world of cryptozoology, there are many types of creatures all over the world. From sea monsters such as the Loch Ness Monster, to humanoids such as Bigfoot. If you think of mountains and mysterious creatures, your mind probably turns to the abominable snowman or the yeti. Especially if you're thinking about humanoid figures half glimpsed in treacherous conditions. Yet you may not immediately think of the subject of today's episode. Amphir Leith Moore, or as it's better known, the Grey Man of Ben McDewey. Ben McDewey is the second highest mountain in Scotland after Ben Nevis. It lies among the Cairngorm Mountains in the Eastern Highlands. A favorite with climbers, it's also believed the home of the mysterious Grey Man. The first recorded encounter appears in 1925, making it a surprisingly late addition to the canon of mysterious creatures and supernatural figures haunting the landscape of the British Isles. The inconclusive evidence also means that debates over the Grey Man's existence continue today. One of the first people to admit to an encounter with the Grey Man was scientist and mountaineer Professor J. Norman Colley. His experience happened while climbing the Ben McDewey in 1891, but he didn't relate it to anyone until 1925. He revealed his experience as part of a speech that marked the first official record of the strangeness in the Cairngorms. According to Collie, he'd reached the Cairn at the summit alone one misty day. It was then that he realized that he could hear noises besides his own footsteps. If he took a few steps, he heard a crunch behind him, as though someone was following him with longer strides. He saw nothing, thanks to the mist, but ran down the slope towards the Rothy Mercus Forest, some four or five miles away. Due to Collie's reputation and respectability, other climbers came forward to relate their tales. Fear of ridicule prevented them from saying anything sooner, but Collie's admission legitimized what they had experienced. That said, Collie's biographer, Kristen Mill, described him as a lifelong occult believer. He often told tall tales of gods and legendary creatures around the campfire. Who's to say the Grave Man wasn't simply another one of these fantastical stories? Some skeptics have also claimed that Collie admitted to making up the story. 
having not been given notice that he was expected to speak at a climbing club dinner. Bacalli's was not the only story. One climber named Peter Densham climbed to Ben McDewey in May of 1945. The day started out clear, although mist closed in while he sat at the summit. Densham dismissed the strange noises in the mist, assuming them to be related to the rocks moving, so he set about enjoying his lunch. Eventually, he felt pressure on his neck before hearing a crunching from his left. He moved forward to investigate, at which point he was overcome by apprehension. The desire to leave the mountain prompted him to break into a run. Strangely, he found himself running towards one of the cliffs, describing the sensation as if somebody was pushing him. Thankfully, he changed course and he ran down the side of the mountain to safety. In a second encounter, Densham was on the mountain with another man, Richard Freer. While on mountain rescue duty, he and Freer found themselves on the summit of the mountain. Freer started talking to someone and Densham assumed that this someone was hidden by the cairn of the summit. Densham joined in on the conversation and after a while, they realized that they were the only ones there. Neither could recall the content of the conversation, only that it happened. While Densham had no further experiences, he believed that he had psychic interactions with something on that mountain. There were still yet other stories. Two climbers told author Alistair Borthwick about their experiences on Ben McDewey. Borthwick included the two men's accounts in his book, Always a Little Further, in 1939. The first man experienced the same crunching footsteps as Collie. Again, he could see very little due to the mist. He also reported a crinkly feeling in the back of his neck and swiftly left the summit. Apparently, the footsteps stopped around a thousand feet before he reached the Larig mountain pass. The second climber reported something similar. Again, he couldn't see for the mist, though he heard the same footsteps. The difference came when the mist cleared. The footsteps stopped only a few feet behind him. The mist suddenly lifted and the climber realized that he was alone on the mountain. One weird thing does characterize these two accounts. Both mentioned that the footsteps were irregular. The first climber thought that he heard one footstep for every three of his own. The second said it was once for every two and a half of his own. Yet the second man was six feet tall, while the first was only five foot seven. Another sighting appeared in the 1958 issue of The Scots. This sighting was in 1943 by Alexander Tunyon. According to him, he was thinking of the figure when the mist rolled across the summit. Having heard of Collie's encounter, a shape charged at him, and he pulled out his revolver. He fired three times, but it didn't deter the figure. Tunyon eventually fled though he did admit that he'd never had another encounter despite frequent visits to the mountain. Most agree that the figure is around 10 feet tall, covered in hair with long legs, talons, and pointed ears. 
Comparisons with the Yeti are inevitable. Some witnesses also claim that the creature wore a top hat when they saw it. Others describe the crunching footsteps heard by Kali or mention singing or ghostly laughter. Climbers also report feeling a presence more than they actually see one. Apparently the atmosphere is pervaded by a sense of terror, despair, and negativity. So while the more famous encounters don't include a sighting, it's remarkable that those that do often agree. Still, the fact that the encounters often happen in misty conditions clearly makes visibility difficult. So what exactly is the Gray Man of Ben McDewey? Some people go with the usual explanation that he's a type of Yeti or Bigfoot. This would put him into the same category as the Abominable Snowman or Bigfoot. As always, there are issues with this explanation, such as lifespan and apparent lack of mating partners. Another explanation involves aliens, because of course it does. Yet a third refers more to the area than the creature itself. In this theory, Ben McDewey becomes a liminal point between two worlds. The gray man thus becomes a guardian to prevent people from wandering between the two. Another theory sees that the gray man is a manifestation of a spirit of a mountain created physically in the viewer's minds. Other explanations are far more mundane. These range from optical illusions, a quirk of geology, or even hallucinations caused by the altitude. Remember, no photographs exist of the gray man. Each footprint turned out to be a phenomenon caused by the interaction of rain and snow. Shirley Cunningham also makes the point that the unearthly cries could come from the cock ptarmigans, which is a bird in the area. One particular phenomenon is that of Brock Spectres. This happens when a climber's shadow ends up cast across a lower level of cloud. Magnified and distorted by the atmosphere, it can cause people to see figures when there are none. A sighting involving this explanation actually dates back to 1791. Poet James Hogg saw a figure at least 30 feet high standing near him while he tended sheep on the mountain. He ran home, but the next day the same thing happened. This time he was struck more by curiosity than fear. He took off his hat and the figure copied his movement. Hogg realized it was just a shadow in the fog. This phenomenon had been first observed in Germany's Harz Mountains on the Brocken, one of the peaks in 1780. Before we get too excited, the Scotsmen want to remind us of this. Walkers in the Black Forest in Germany reported misty gray men and echoing footsteps. People complained of being followed through the forest, and they were, by their own shadows. Daddy has to hunt down a werewolf back 